0: Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson
1: hello everybody welcome to another episode of the mad podcast the mental awareness discussion brought to you always by broken drift productions and banana bros follow them at broken drift productions on everything social and at az banana bros for all the fun family content uh with me always are my lovely co-hosts my uh wife and partner in podcasting heather weber hello dear how are you
0: oh good how are you
1: Doing good, thank you. And then also our friend and comedian from Canada, Susan Thompson. Susan, how are you doing today? Oh, oh your audio, one second. Nope. Sometimes, oh, I got your back. How are you doing?
2: I think I'm gonna have to hold this close today.
1: Oh, that's fine. It's just always gonna look like you've got some weird yeah, type like- of maniacal point. <laughs> You're just gonna have like this. And joining us today, our guest, very excited to have him. Uh, he is a comedian and author, also a huge mental health advocate and life coach. Uh, give it up for Greg Barron. Thank you so much for joining us, Greg. How you doing, man? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm very good. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are having you on today uh, because we were doing a series on bipolar disorder. Uh, We just we've discussed uh, my wife having bipolar one and that experience and all of that. We've unpacked that and we've uh, discussed with uh, Susan about hers. So we wanted to talk to you. You have bipolar two. What has been your experience having bipolar uh, two? Were you when were you diagnosed? What was that like? And Uh, I was
3: diagnosed like five years ago. Okay. I was diagnosed five years ago um, uh, after I detoxed from, um, uh, from OxyContin. Mm. Um, I was detoxing from OxyContin and I was suicidal and uh, manic, and, um, but never manic high, you know? like manic depressed and then you know bipolar 2 is different because you know manic depression is super high and super low and bipolar 2 is depressed and more depressed down and even more down so i was yeah i was in a crazy place my brain i was i was on the verge of insanity i would say
1: Mm, okay when when you got that diagnosis, how educated were you on bipolar disorder as a whole? Were you considered educated not, or no nothing?
3: Not at all. No, not at all. I had been
1: diagnosed with uh uh
3: depression uh and um uh, and and uh um, O C D mm. uh but uh, I'd never gotten a bipolar diagnosis. And when I did, I was sort of like, oh, shit, this is big. You know, this is a big deal. Here come the big drugs. <laughs> yeah, it was really what it was, was here comes the big medication.
0: For sure. Were you the one that kind of sought out your diagnosis or did somebody kind of say, hey, this is what I'm noticing Let's go
3: in and... Uh, I sought out my diagnosis, but there were people around me that were like, I'm not enjoying you. (laughs) You know, I'm not enjoying you. And I was having all kinds of problems. I was, you know, I was manic and I was writing letters to people and I was paranoid and delusional. And I was like writing letters to my dad and writing letters to my uh, manager, accusing them of betraying me and uh, not having my back. And I was accusing my wife of you know not having my back and you know just like I really felt like the world was out to get me
0: I feel like that seems to be one of the most common for either bipolar one or bipolar two is paranoia really sets in heavy
3: and just super paranoia and I was going down that path where I thought that the, the you know the internet was out to get me and that you know um and uh that you know Facebook was intentionally trying to, to divide people and you know like I got really sort of into all that I got really into sort of paranoia
1: and conspiracy mm. sort of thinking. I mean you might not be wrong about the Facebook thing. That might- I don't think that was wrong
3: but I was yeah. no 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 I, I, yeah. I think to a degree but I was really yeah. feeling it. You know mm. I was okay. really seeing it. You know you you the thing that's so interesting about manic behavior is that you think you're onto something. You really believe in what you believe. You know and you think that you can see things other people can't see and so you want to explain to them how they're fucking you over and 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 what you know about them and what you know you know and all that kind of stuff and they're like what the fuck's wrong with you?
1: oh it's kind of like the narrative is a driving force of like a no you don't understand like you're always yeah. kind of carrying that energy
3: totally totally always carrying the you don't understand energy yeah you know and um uh and I was struggling with my career and was certain that, you know, I was being um, ignored mm-hmm. and, you know, left behind and all that
1: kind of stuff. For sure. For sure. For sure. That makes sense. Did you find that once the, the diagnosis was clear, how quickly were you then put on a medication right away? Was there a, a trial period? Cause I know like our, we went into a deep dive on our situation with my wife and I, where they, it took about a year and a half of really sampling different cocktails to get the right cocktail and dosage for her. That was uh, what was your experience? Like that? that
3: was the same. That was the same. Mm. Um, uh, there were a few things I tried that didn't work at all. Mm. Um, and then there were a few drugs that I couldn't get cause they were too new or, you know, that my insurance wouldn't cover them or whatever. And then, and I can't even remember what I was on, but um, the one that worked for me is called Latuda, mm. and that that changed my whole, that changed the whole
2: game, that, that changed the whole game.
0: And that one is is not that one a little bit newer right now too, or I guess like yes. a couple of years, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can't even get that one here yet.
3: No, you but... can't.
2: No, it's been recommended, and it's not one that I can get yet. So I'm playing the waiting game.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, oh, that's tough. Yeah. It made a big, it made a huge difference. It, 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 it's interesting, you know, um, it curbed my creativity a little bit, you know, because it puts me in a situation where things are so, I'm so calm that I'm, that I don't have the sometimes panic and fear drive creativity. Mm. You know, and they can really create, you know, I created when I was manic, I created a lot of shit. I don't know if any of it was any good. You took a lot of shots, though. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. And and without that mania, I sort of find myself going, you know, maybe I'll write something today. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't feel a lot. So I don't have those big feelings that I used to have that I would use to write. Mm you know, I'm really very, very mellow. And so it's sort of, it's a hard place to write from, Um, you know, and it's a hard place to get competitive from. I just don't, I just kind of don't care.
1: (laughs) For sure. I I know that's, well, I've talked to a, a fair amount of other comedians who have some type of condition where the uh, medication is recommended and they either don't stay on it or don't even take it at all. And that is the reason they cite usually, which is they're just like, I don't want it to affect my creativity. Cause it is odd, isn't it? That there's something in the driving force of that little bit of fear, that little bit of panic. Like there's, if you could bottle it and sell it as a shot to take before you need to get creative, you know, it's something It's strange to me that those things are so linked.
3: Yeah, well, it activates your brain and then your brain starts thinking about all the different things that are going right or wrong or uh, and then it it puts you in a position to write from that place uh, about injustices you're feeling that are happening to you that can be very funny or um, just your daily life and the struggles that you go through. And, you know, uh, I don't have those struggles anymore but mm-hmm. the thing that convinced me to stay on it was my family mm-hmm. you know because i had i had ostracized my family to the point of like i, I had to move out for a while
2: mm-hmm.
1: wow wow so and i was going to ask that next was my next question was how was your was your family taken to the diagnosis and then the process after that because that trial of sampling this medication, this medication, and finding out what doesn't work for you, that in and of itself is a process. Because I know, I think you, dear, you took Lutuda, did you, for a little while, and she did not like it.
0: No. But I mean, no, no two are the same, but yeah. They
1: aren't. Yeah, for sure. No two people are the same. And that's why you do the trials. But yeah, so your family and th- what was the process like with them and their coping with it? And what was it that they came around to that brought everything kind of back to a good place?
3: Uh, they None of them wanted to be in the same room with me. Uh, you know, they, I was just like a crazy energy. And my oldest daughter was just like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Like you're just, you know, cause I had screwed up her birthday and some other things. And, uh, and, uh, and that was really hard. That was super hard. And so I moved out for a while because I wanted to give them the space to feel comfortable in their own home, mm-hmm. you know? Um, because I was, I think abusive in some ways. Mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I don't even think so. I, I know. So, you know, not in a physical way, nothing, nothing abusive like that, yeah. but just my, my behavior was abusive and my paranoia was abusive. And, uh, and so I had to give them time to be without me. And then, you know, then we decided it would be okay for me to come back, but it still, there was a, a, a trial period of, you know still feeling like I needed to stay out of their way Mm
0: -hmm. for sure I want to commend you for making that decision though because I know like there was times in our stuff where I was like I should just go I should just free him of this this is too much for anybody and then there's part of you that's like selfish and just like but I really need somebody to be here with me Um, so I, I commend you for making that decision and creating that space for you guys
3: well, you know, it was hard and um, and I hated it. I was lonely. I, I, I hated being alone, but but I understood what the bigger picture situation was, you know, and um, and having grown up with my mom, who was an alcoholic and needing space from her, I understood what they had gone through. And, you know, there were also, I'd also, this is just, you know, this is just one thing of bipolar, you know? I'd had a relapse when i when i got cancer i had cancer twice and when i and when i had cancer i relapsed with drugs because of what they put me on and i couldn't get off of it and um the whole thing was messy for a while you know it was a it was five or six years of really messy stuff Mm -hmm. so you know uh, uh it was the, it was the least I could do is to get out of their way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, again, I want to just back on what Heather said. I want to commend you for first of all, just being so open and, and honest with us about your experience, but yeah, it does take a lot in that situation to go. All right. Yeah. I think that this is what's necessary for everybody involved, although it's probably not what everybody wants. It's what's necessary. And that's huge. Um, yeah. <laughs> after, so you, you, were there instances after you got the diagnosis where you kind of like look back previously in your life and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what that was. Yes. Right?
3: Yeah, it explained a lot. Mm-hmm. It explained a lot. I mean, it explained my alcoholism to me. It explained, uh, you know, just uh, certain behaviors with certain people, you know. But I think that it, I used to be, I feel like i used to be bipolar one and then it switched really so I used to have manic episodes of being incredibly happy and mm-hmm. and almost over the top and then at some point it just became no return on that there were no there were never any up periods there was just a down
2: hmm.
0: i wonder um because i know with me i found out that like alcohol tends to escalate things more with bipolar so I, I wonder if more of the high mania was brought on from alcohol. And then eventually that kind of.
3: Could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Um, and I always had learning disabilities and stuff when I was growing up. So I've struggled with, you know, like a whole variety of sort of mental problems um, or at least, you know, uh, uh, and when I got sober the first time my life my life changed dramatic, dramatically and it was much better.
0: Mm.
3: You know, and I got on a good run. Yeah. And um, and had a, and had a pretty decent life for a while. You know, there was a period where I was seemingly normal. Yeah.
0: The first time you got sober was that when you kind of fell more into like depressive states after or were you still kind of like on a
3: No, I was so depressed while I was drinking. The the drinking had sort of just ruined everything. It just became a depressive event. Got it. That makes sense. No, and I felt so good to not feel sick anymore, and not be tired, and not be fat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all those things. That'll definitely help for sure. Yeah, Uh, I I do want to talk about because you're the because you had mentioned like the switch, the feelings, and I think that's where people first of all, people really don't understand bipolar. And that's why I think this is like a perfect switch to kind of how it's viewed uh, in the media and society and everything like that. Um, I mean, I think we could all attribute to what the, the common things are, you know, we always attribute somebody with bipolar, I feel like we always would go, Oh, they're crazy. You know, right? Like, I mean, that seems to be what the old adage was, you know, at least when I was growing up, If you said that was what guys were calling any woman who was doing something kind of off color, they're like, ah, man, she must be bipolar or something. And so I feel like that's where obviously people are painfully uneducated and inconsiderate with their language uh, Mm -hmm. in that regard. And I feel like we've definitely started the conversation, but I think it's important to understand the distinction between the two. Like you're saying that bipolar one, the mania, you know, really having a manic, you know, yo, but you don't understand energy. Uh, and then that bipolar two having that depressive state, there is one place in the media where Heather and I have found that it seemed to be the best portrayal of bipolar two that we could find. And it's a show on Amazon called Modern Love. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah, um, there's an episode with Anne Hathaway and I think it's called yeah. Take Me As I Am, However I Am. Uh, and that in that episode, they kind of paint the picture of what to me looks like bipolar two. They, I don't think they ever distinguished in the episode one or two. They definitely mention it's bipolar, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it definitely seems like you're saying those depressive states. Cause it starts where she's like, almost like it's a musical. She's at the grocery store and everybody's dancing and it's something, and it's kind of like, she's in this little like quaint mania. And then the switch happens and she'll go these long stretches where the depression really, starts to leak into her life and everything, and it's a struggle.
3: Yeah, in fact, my wife watched that, and then I was on the road, I think, and then she watched it, and then she said, oh my God, I I, I really found this fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm. And she goes,
3: I think you might be interested in seeing it, you know? And I said afterwards, no, that's exactly, that's exactly how I felt.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
3: it's like, uh, you're on the verge of schizophrenia. Yeah. At least I was, and And it's not hard to understand how people end up homeless, because your brain is so fucked up that it's hard to communicate with people. It's hard to finish sentences. It's hard to finish thoughts. Mm -hmm. And you could see easily falling out of society. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, and just like trying to have those open and honest conversations with people of what's going on internally, what's going on in your head. Oh, I'm hearing voices. Oh, this is happening. Like, it's very hard to be willing to open up to somebody and be like, this is actually what's going on.
3: Right. The thing that was big for me is that, and while I've sort of, I sort of always instinctually knew this, but nobody can take care of me. There's no there's no person that's a silver bullet that's gonna save me, you know? Not my wife, not my daughters, not my dad, you know, like the the only person that can take care of this is me, you know, and I was lucky enough to have a great psychi- psychologist, psychiatrist and, and, you know, go through the process of trying different medications and finding my way out. But I realized like I'm kind of in this alone, you know? It's very hard for people to understand it or to even have sympathy for it you know because the behavior that you're exhibiting is so difficult people are like yeah i don't care what you think this is you're just an asshole
1: yeah i mean well around you it's well yeah and i always kind of uh attribute that whenever uh, people see like kanye west acting up you know because i mean he's probably i think the highest profile uh, person that we have who has bipolar and he is very openly not on medication was on a plan and then took himself off of it um and so yeah you know, anytime- i can only really
3: imagine for his you know he's 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 massively creative you Yeah, know, like he's always thinking he's always doing something you know like he's a, he's a he's a super creative guy and you can feel it like i think part of it is once you have it you can see it in other people Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's I mean, you don't want to be diagnosing everybody, but you can just sort of see it a little bit. I mean, you know, I think the president, the ex-president, the former president is some version of bipolar.
1: Really? You think you think uh, what what makes you think bipolar? Because I uh, Adam pegged for narcissistic personality disorder.
3: Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think he's no. got a mix, but he has those manic highs and lows. You know, you can tell that with his tweeting at four o'clock in the morning, you know, where he'd be on a run, just tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and tweeting, you know, just saying all kinds of shit, you know, yeah. being really either Girl. awful or, you know, uh, uh, but or spinning out of control or being, you know, go America.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely was a you never knew which one you were going to get. But also, I mean, I think he was taking drugs, too. Like, I mean, he's still doing they were finding like pills. And yeah, he had a lot of like pseudofeds and stuff in his desk that he, they were saying he had. So, I mean, he was definitely on. other. I was wanting to hear like the sniffling, right? All that. Yeah. in between everything so i mean yeah if 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 it wasn't as much uh, a, a drug related type of of thing then yeah i can see where it definitely was some type of bipolar um fascinating fascinating yeah i always pegged it for narcissistic personality disorder just because my father has that and so i saw a lot of where i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you you guys could be friends like this, <laughs> this, this would like, I don't think you agree politically really, but I, you would like, you would enjoy sucking each other off in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> it would be mutual there. Um, I also know uh, Britney Spears, right? Britney Spears uh, has bipolar as well. And yeah, so that's, yeah, an- yeah. that's another one where I think we're also kind of coming to a, a boiling point with that, where, you know, there was somebody having very public manic episodes and then manic depressive yeah. Episodes as well. The paranoia, you know, like you're talking about the paranoia. I mean, the the infamous umbrella to the the car window with the shave head and everything. Yeah, she was going through it. And the the media in that sense definitely didn't help. But yeah, those are some things that uh, I'm all anytime there's erratic behavior out of uh you know, like a Kanye or a Britney or something like that. I'm like, Yeah, no, they they need help, man. Like, I mean, they're 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 not okay. We shouldn't just be sitting here like criticizing or picking apart the thing that they've done there's something but what made them do the thing that they did yeah. that's that's the issue you need to be addressing yeah totally you know,
2: entertainment feeds on that we create we make them into a story rather than trying to fix what's actually going on uh, yeah right down most of the time most people are they don't really care what's going on deep down they just want a story and that's the mm-hmm. sad part these are yeah. all people and we're making money off these people and their illnesses
0: mm-hmm. and it's well, yeah, because fixing it isn't good for them, their story, and there yeah,
2: doesn't make money. Yeah,
1: yeah. And if money is the most important thing, which I mean it's not, but I mean unfortunately, reflective of society where it is, you know. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, the the conversation is definitely shifting. But I think these conversations are important to educate people, and 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 let everybody know. Oh, there's something else. But I really I liked what you said that thing about um, I could see where being homeless was only like a couple moves away.
3: Only a couple moves, absolutely, absolutely a couple moves. You know, uh, 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 Maria Bamford obviously is famously, yeah. famously bipolar and, and she went almost homeless. You know, if you see her special, she talks about that, about being down at the docks with a shopping cart. I mean, it's just not that far away. Mm-hmm. It's, she it's... would
2: talk about it a lot when she was here, and it would. It, she works Vancouver quite often and Toronto, because I believe she's Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's it was hard to watch her go through that, but it did give some peace to finally to hear someone else going. Oh, okay, it's not, it's not. Uh, it doesn't make you a bad person. It 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 was almost empowering to see her get out of that. Yeah, and, and she continues to create forward. at a high level. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah. She seems to have found uh, whatever the little spark is that's uh, that's keeping her creativity uh, pushing. So, but yeah, it's 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 always fascinating when you see people uh, at that level and then people at your level. You know, knowing all the things that you've done in your life, by society's standpoint, is you know successful. Uh, but to realize hey man everybody's got their own shit and yeah, yeah i was at a point where this thing that is very frowned upon in society wasn't that far away and you can only imagine people who are homeless like in that state once you get there god how hard is it to get, elevate yourself out of that because we were so quick to see a homeless person dancing in the street or something without pants and be like we well, get your phone out. This person's crazy. Someone yeah. go help this person. Like no, like if 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 we could like help this person get cleaned up and get them the help that they need, we could probably they could be a functioning member of society and actually turn their life around. But the fact yeah. that everybody is so uneducated about what it is to be a mentally healthy person and how hard that is to. Yeah. It's work, man. Like, would you tribute and say that even though now you're you've got some distance behind when it was a rough part in your life, dealing with the diagnosis, dealing with medications and then coming back around to rekindle things with your family and grow and cultivate that relationship? Would you say that still is it a daily thing where you got to show up every day and it's still work?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't struggle. I don't struggle getting out of bed in the morning and I don't. Um... And I don't get up in fights with people. I mean, I'm the most amenable I've ever been. You know, I don't know that I'm the most creative I've ever been, but um, but you know, I have a handful of pills I gotta take every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you uh, frequently see a therapist right now, or just a psychiatrist?
3: Just a psychiatrist. I had a therapist for a while, but it wasn't doing much for me.
0: That's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. We've talked about that before, where you have to find one that you click with and actually like have rapport with and.
3: Yeah, sort of understand why you're there. I mean, I was just literally just talking to this woman and nothing was coming of it really other than, you know, another person to share my story with.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah. How often do you check in with your psychiatrist?
3: Oh, yeah, I have to, otherwise she won't prescribe the pills to me. Okay, so,
0: I, so like monthly then?
3: I talk, No, I talk to her like every three months,
1: I think.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's yeah. awesome. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Cause we've heard a lot of different plans from people, you know, we've heard that, you know, some people are on a therapist plan where they have to see a therapist twice a week or once a week or some, it's just, they check on with psychiatrists every now and then and, and, yeah. and they're doing okay. But you also do your own form of, uh, like work in the mental health community as a, to a degree, right? You do life coaching. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Life coaching. And sometimes, I mean, I do all kinds of coaching. Like I, I mean, I've ended up coaching comics mostly. And I've also, I don't know, I'm doing a lot of like helping people work on what they're gonna do for their special and that kind of thing. Yeah, But um, but I have done, you know, I, I talk to people who've been through breakups and that kind of stuff and are struggling with their, and you know, some of my clients definitely struggle with bipolar, you know, and you can tell by the stories they tell you about themselves. And, you know, so I'm always sort of saying like, hey, maybe you ought to go get this checked out or maybe you should talk about this with a psychiatrist
0: and all that kind of stuff. That's huge.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. You uh cause I know you've found yourself in situations in life uh randomly you've been thrust into positions where relationship advice was a thing that you were given semi-frequently. Yeah. Uh now having gone through the 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 bipolar world, as it were, and riding that roller coaster and getting acquainted with it, uh how much of that plays into your perception now of talking to couples about their relationship or or couples about their marriage or what have you. Do, you do you see a more prominent like with a clearer eye oh there seems to be some type of mental health something happening here that yeah I can,
3: I can see that a little bit better i can see that mm-hmm. a little bit better and you know i'm always asking do you guys do a therapy are you with a therapist have you thought about it? you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but my opinions are still the same as they always were mm-hmm. you know my For sure. about relationships are always the same, but, um, but yeah, I do have a little bit more insight in that way.
0: Are they pretty receptive when you give them suggestions of, oh, maybe go. Sometimes, sometime.
3: you know, sometimes some people are like, yeah, no, I, I tried, I had a therapist. I didn't like it. And,
0: mm-hmm. and you just let it go. For sure. That makes sense.
3: You know, it's a journey you got to take yourself. It's a little bit like sobriety. You sort of have to be curious about yourself and want to seek out help. Mm hmm you know, and I think that we're at a point where we're just starting to understand these medications. And I think they have to be explained to people when they take them, because I think people are looking for like, oh, I'm just going to feel completely different. And that isn't exactly how they work. Mm -mm. You know,
0: (laughs) what, uh, what inspired you to get into the coaching aspect?
3: Uh, another coach, uh, there was a woman I know who's a, who's a huge coach and, um, uh, has thousands of followers on Instagram or whatever. And she was like, I don't know why you don't coach you, uh, you could do relationship coaching. And that was just before COVID. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. And I just put it out there, you know, and started getting calls and then, you know, COVID came and there was no stand up, So it was sort of a perfect fit. And, um, Uh, And, you know, I just have a I'm just good at talking people through stuff, you know, and getting them to understand what's going on in their lives, holding them accountable, make them, you know, make changes and that
0: kind of thing. For sure. Yeah, I can I can attest to that. So,
1: (laughs) Were there any working with a lot of couples throughout COVID? Were there any trends that you noticed amongst couples or any common things that it seemed like a lot of people were going through? I,
3: uh, well, I don't really, I, I work less with couples and more than with individuals. And, okay. uh, and the thing that I notice a lot is that dating, is just still really difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's just really it hard. It's people horrible. Hate it. People hate it. And, um, and everybody thinks that they're having the worst time and that everybody else is dating and having a great time. And yeah, it's hard
1: it's 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 really hard um and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast and i've been a big proponent of speaking to just i feel like society is in a big transition right now mental health wise but i feel like uh we're turning a corner on men's mental health and we're just kind of settling into what that means um so i i think we're kind of experiencing a lot of the growing pains in that because i do talk to a lot of women who are like this sucks uh, and guys who are just like oh, yeah, it's fine, yeah, I mean, but I'd like to meet somebody. It'd be better if I, you know. So it's kind of going both ends, but it does seem like uh, there's a, a, a deeper conversation about emo- emotional intelligence and mental health happening. But in specifically, it seems like guys were kind of learning to deal with their own things, and that's happening an effect on a lot of areas. I think of dating and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, ladies, do you have any more? Questions for Greg?
0: There's just so much. Um, I mean, more just like processing and just appreciating how open you've been with us today.
1: Sure, no problem. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. my pleasure. Absolutely.
0: What, uh, I guess, if you were to talk to somebody that's kind of going through that transitional phase right now, what's one piece of advice you would give somebody that maybe just got a diagnosis or is kind of, leaning towards getting one kind of going through that processing phase
3: i just would say you know just be be super patient this i mean it's hard it's hard when your brain is going crazy to tell someone to be patient but um to be open to the drugs and understand that they take a while to take effect and the effect is going to be very subtle, but then one day you'll realize, oh my God, I can. I, I don't want to wake up and kill myself. Like the first thing I, in the morning, you know. Like, oh my God, I'm not having those overpowering thoughts, or, you know, and to to be in dialogue with your doctor about what's happening with the drug. You know, I've had ones that worked, and then all of a sudden they didn't. You know, I've had ones that worked, but there were weird side effects to it. You know, yeah. it took me a while to find my to find my drug.
1: Mm-hmm. and to to expand on that uh because she asked what it is that you would tell somebody who was going through that transitional phase what would you tell uh, a spouse or loved one of somebody who is going through that uh, transitional phase as someone who went through it yourself what would you say is the thing that you needed in that time or what would be helpful to you from somebody on the outside looking in that's close to you
3: I mean, the thing that was the most constructive for me was them setting a boundary Mm. and saying, we can't take it anymore. Sorry. You know, as much as we love you and we as much as we even understand what you're going through, we've had a bad time (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and and we have a hard time. You know, they have, uh, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome for being around you. Every time you come into a room, they're afraid you're going to pounce in some way or not another so it was instructive for me to hear all that you Mm -hmm. know I had I wanted to I wanted to know what my effect had been and what I'd done.
0: For sure yeah that's huge I mean just in general I feel like in life boundaries are you know A great thing to have but especially in that you know because it's best for both you know parties i guess to set their boundaries of just well this is what i need from you and this is what i need from you and um you know daily that might change and you just might be moving things and adjusting on the fly so that's great just to have that open communication with you
3: yeah yeah totally absolutely
1: absolutely well uh i think that that's all we have for today Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Greg, like I said, we appreciate your, uh, being so open and honest about your experience. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's never easy to talk about those things and we really do appreciate it. We know it's going to be helpful to a lot of people who hear this, uh, before we go, why don't you let people know where they can find you if they want to seek you out for it. Any- oh well, yeah, I'm it's Gregors at,
3: um, uh, it's Gregors at Instagram, I T S G R E G G E R S. And, uh, and I have a podcast called "Don't Take Bullshit from Fuckers," and it's on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all those places. So
1: uh, check Matt there.
0: Such yeah. a strong name for a podcast. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. It's true. You shouldn't take any shit from fuckers. Don't take any bullshit from fuckers. Yeah, you can't. So, uh, so perfect. So definitely make sure you go follow him on that. Check out his podcast, hundred percent. You could always find me at Miles Webber Joker and all the things. Dear, where can they find you?
0: bodies by heather bodies underscore by underscore heather
1: and then susan where can they find you
2: uh you can find me on instagram susan thompson haha or you can find my website uh susan all
1: righty perfect oh. right on well uh give us a follow on instagram uh at uh, mad podcast m dot a dot right here that's what it is d that. podcast all the way we're That's still getting acquainted to what the actual handle is online it's very complicated but give us a follow online make sure you like and subscribe for future episodes uh thanks again greg for being on the episode my name is miles weber
2: i'm heather weber I'm susan thompson we'll see you soon guys
1: thank care, everybody